Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 7th is Matthew 24, another view of the Olivet Discourse in which Jesus talks about the signs of the end of this age, what it's going to be like before his much-anticipated return, and how to prepare for his return. As they are exiting the temple, his disciples point out to him the majestic buildings. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, not one stone will be left on another. These buildings that you think are so beautiful, because they are, they're majestic, and decades were spent building them, constructing them out of huge, massive stones, heavier than pianos as big as cars, without cranes, without the wonders of hydraulic and pneumatic power. It was truly incredible, these buildings, and yet they were not going to last. That had to have been astounding and shocking. How is it that this Messiah, this one who's coming to restore all things, is going to be in charge, he's going to be reigning, and yet the temple and all of the buildings around it will be destroyed? It's unfathomable. It wrecks our worldview. Rabbi, tell us, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and the sign of the end of the age? Jesus says, be careful that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. But don't be deceived, Jesus said. Many in the church today are deceived. We have compromised ourselves with false doctrines, and we haven't known it. It's very subtle the way it creeps in. One way to be on guard against doctrinal error is to have Bible studies with people we disagree with, but the church doesn't do that for the most part. We like to study with the people who will affirm the things that we already believe, and that is incredibly dangerous because of the silo effect. We become much more like the people we like, but we need to be around the people who make us uncomfortable, who challenge what we believe so that we can learn from them and know if what we believe is actually true or not. Jesus did not call us to a life of comfort. He called us to one of discomfort. He called us to a life of tribulation, of internal pressure, of feeling hemmed in, of being confined, of being on that uncomfortable, narrow path that leads to life. They will hand you over to be persecuted for your faith. Because of your endless pursuit of the truth, people will hate you. They won't like the questions you ask, and they certainly won't love your answers either. Lawlessness will multiply, and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. This message goes out to all people, but especially to those who are feeling as though they can't go on. Keep going. You are not alone. There's a purpose to it. The feelings you're struggling with of wanting to give in are from the enemy, but you will overcome in Jesus Christ. Keep going. God is calling us to be changed, to be molded into his image, to be made more like him, and there's no change without a challenge. Embrace the challenge that is facing you right now in your current life. Embrace it. It's a challenge to be changed. 
but it will be worth it. The one who endures to the end will be saved. This is why we rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that the suffering, the tribulation, produces perseverance. The perseverance gives us the strength to endure. You don't get stronger without making your muscles tired. Keep going. I won't spend a lot of time talking about tribulation because we covered it in such detail yesterday, but that word tribulation is totally different and has a different meaning from persecution. Persecution comes from the outside and goes in, but this great tribulation the Bible speaks of has nothing to do with outside pressure. It's an inward pressure. When you see the abomination that causes desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, when the evil thing that causes harm is not where it's supposed to be, run. Get away from there before judgment comes. At that time, there will be a great distress, Matthew twenty four twenty one. That kind of distress hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until, until now and never will again. It's horrendous what is taking place in the world. The Holocaust was horrendous. This great evil power that should not be in a place of authority is murdering millions of people. It's an abomination that causes desolation. It's going to get worse and worse in some regards, and no one would survive except those days are cut short for the sake of the elect. That great distress in Matthew 24, verse 21, is also translated tribulation, that internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined, to feel restricted as though they have no options. It's being pressed in on, having no way of escape, knowing this is the right way, and just wanting to quit. It's like the alcoholic who is sober and just wants a drink because the pressure of life is so great and they want an escape. We all want an escape. We have our different coping mechanisms, but the challenge that creates the change in us, that tribulation through it all, God is saying, stick to it. Keep going. This will make you stronger. This is refining you into the person I want you to be. In verse 23, if anyone says to you then, here, it's the Messiah, or look over there, don't believe him. The picture is one of rescue when you feel like you need it the most. This inward pressure, this feeling of tribulation going on in my heart, it's pressing me in, and I'm just not sure if I can take it anymore. And someone says, here, have a drink. You earned it. Don't believe them. Here's your salvation. Don't believe them. But also in a very real sense, in a religious sense, we're suffering. We're going through this outward persecution, this inward tribulation. Life is hard. I feel like God is leveling me up, and I'm not sure that I can handle it. And someone says, oh, look, you have arrived. You are holy enough. You don't need to grow anymore. Your salvation is at hand. You've attained the level of holiness that God is calling you to. You don't have to suffer anymore. The Messiah is here. Jesus says, don't believe them. Keep going. 
because when he returns, you will see it flashing from one end of the sky to the other. There will be no mistake. You won't need someone to tell you when Jesus returns. Everyone will know it's him. Verse 30 says, The sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn. All the peoples is also translated all the tribes of the land. Everyone on earth will see his return. There's not going to be a secret whisking away of believers. If you've noticed, as we read through these chapters, Mark 13 and now Matthew 24, read through it. There's, there's no secret rapture rescuing people from the tribulation. That is a demonic teaching that says, you don't have to suffer. Christians don't suffer. You'll be rescued. It's a lie from the enemy. Don't you believe it? It is not easy to pick up your cross and follow after your Messiah. That cross is for you to die on. It's not for you to have a birthday party. When Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. All the peoples of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. All will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in the sky with power and great glory. The rapture has not happened yet. Verse 31, after all people see his return, verse 31 says, he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. This catching up, this rapture of believers in physical form to be united with their Messiah upon his return is happening after everyone on earth sees his return flashing like lightning from one end of the sky to the other. Jesus said, just the way you see a fig tree changing and you know summer is coming, when its branches get tender and it starts sprouting leaves, so it will be with his return. No one knows the day or the hour, not Jesus, not the angels, no one. And if anyone tells you that Jesus is coming back on a specific date or at a specific time, don't believe them. How many have been drawn away because they have a dream that Jesus is returning at a specific date? How many times have they been proven wrong? Don't believe them. Down in verse 40, then two men will be in a field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding grain with a handmill. One will be taken, the other left. Therefore, be alert since you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Be ready. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You can certainly see the seasons changing, but don't try to predict the hour. Just be ready. And when he returns, will he find you ready? Will you be worshiping him, ushering in his return? Or will you be doing something that you'll be ashamed of? Blessed is that servant who is found doing his job when his master returns. But the wicked servant says in his heart, my master is delayed. He's not coming soon. And look what he does in verse 49. He starts to beat his fellow servant and he eats and drinks with drunkards. You begin mistreating the people around you, your peers, and then you eat and drink with drunkards. Your company affects your destiny. 
bad company corrupts good morals, don't placate yourself with the lie that everyone's doing it, therefore it must be okay. God is moving right now in his people, and he's calling people to sobriety. He's calling us to pray. He's calling us to fast. He's calling us to come out of our sin and be changed so that we will be ready. Father, I pray that you would help us, that you would ready us, that we would be people doing your will, doing our jobs when you return, that you would be pleased with us. Father, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Bless us, Father. Bless us as we seek you. Reveal your word to us, Father. Help us to come out of our false doctrines. Show us where we've gone astray, I pray. Show us where we've believed lies. Set us free with the truth for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Check us out on YouTube. If this has been encouraging to you, please consider sharing it. And for those of you who are interested, I am a real estate agent currently listing homes in Southwest Florida. I am a strategic listing specialist and a senior real estate specialist, uniquely qualified to list the homes of senior citizens. And I work with a growing team of real estate agents in 16 states, and we are always adding in all 50 states and eventually even in other nations. We would love to partner with you if you are a real estate professional or if you or someone you love is buying or selling real estate, it would be a tremendous honor to partner with you and achieve your real estate goals. Thank you so much for your consideration.